0: Thanks for listening to this week's message. We want to hear what God is doing in your life through the ministry of Res Life Holland. If you have a testimony, please email us at info at RLCholland.com. To learn more about us or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on Facebook or visit RLCholland.com. Hey, good morning church. How y'all doing? All right, so before we get started, I do have a few announcements. Uh... United Prayer, just want to remind you guys, every Wednesday uh, night at 6 p.m., we have United Prayer here in this auditorium, and it's just a time to come together and unite. I used the illustration before uh, how, you know, you have a broken down car. You can push it from one uh, spot to the next, but how, easy, how, how awesome it is when you have some buddies jumping in the back, you can just get in the car and just start staring, Right? And it gets you to where you need to go. And I believe prayer, is, in a sense, is that way when we come together. Matthew 18, 19 says that when two or more come together, then we can ask God for anything. And the thing is this. When we're in tune with the Spirit, we're in tune with his desires on what to pray out. And so don't be praying for a million bucks because I want to be rich. But pray that people will find Christ. And so we do this every Wednesday night. It's called United Prayer at 6 p.m. Second announcement, water baptisms, all right? It's a day of celebration, Now, one of the visions we have here is to bridge gaps uh, between people and Christ, and it's a great opportunity for us to bridge that gap. Now, so what we're going to do is on March 26th, please uh, put that on your calendar, on March 26th, that is a Sunday morning at 11 a.m., okay, so you can actually, I'm going to give you your extra hour of sleep back because we took took it away today, all right? You get your extra hour of sleep on March 26th, all right? At 11 a.m., we are having a combo service with the English and Spanish service, and we're going to do it all at once, and we're going to celebrate all those people that are are wanting to get uh, water baptized. Now, if you have a kindergarten through fifth grade that's wanting to get water baptized, we ask you to check out our Kid Faith class. Uh, It's going to happen today, the first session, today at 1.30 p.m. Parents must attend with the child. And it's in the res kids room. Uh, Again, for kindergarten through fifth grade. And if you can't make it today, that's fine. We have another uh, class offered next week, Sunday at 1.30 p.m., same spot. We just ask you to sign up at guest services and make sure that um, we get your name down there because, let me tell you something, Kid Faith class is amazing. It just, it goes down to the children's level, teaches them on what water baptism is about. So when they get water baptized, we know that it was their decision and their decision alone. And if you missed any announcements, check out your bulletin we have for you guys. Everything is in there. Now at this time, zone junior high, you guys are dismissed. Guys, give it up for them. All right. I got to brag on something real quick. I wasn't planning to do this, but Second service knows this already. I'm working on my Spanish speaking and my wife's been helping me. The church and the second side has been really helping me. It's been awesome. And I learned yesterday, Proverbios dos... I'm practicing with you guys because I got to do it. I got to do it second service, all right? At least it. No, I'll stop right there, okay. But here's the thing. I'm practicing and I'm trying to get it down because, man, there's a whole other community I want to reach out to. You know, and you know what? If, it's, if we're here to bridge gaps between people in Christ and, you know, English service and Spanish service, and man, Maddie and I are going to do everything we can to make sure that happens, uh, even in the natural realm. So this is what I'm going to brag on. Pastor Danny over here. He has no idea I'm going to do this. Pastor Danny has been doing the same thing that I've been doing, but opposite, okay? And this man is willing to get out of his comfort zone and speak English, and I think he is doing an amazing job. It was a good word he had for us. It was a good word that he had for us about offering. Usually I give, I wanted to give more after he gave gave me that. It was just awesome, and I think he's doing an amazing job, and he encourages me. When he does that, I'm like, man, I got to catch up, you know, just got to catch up with this guy. So Danny, Pastor Danny, thank you so much. He oversees the Spanish ministries. Uh, He helps me out uh, with the Spanish side of things. And he's just a mighty man of God loves the Lord with all his heart. And you can hear and see his passion. And I promise you, that is not the Puerto Rican side. That is the spirit of God that's in him right there. I know about the Puerto Rican side. (laughs) Well, let's pray, guys. Well, Father, I just thank you right now, Lord Jesus, for this time that we're able to come as a church family, Father God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that that your will be done, Lord. Father, I thank you for the people that are here today, Father. I thank you that we're able to push aside maybe what our thoughts are going through. Lord, that we yield and get our hearts ready to open to you. We sang it earlier today, Father God, that we open our eyes, or you open our eyes, Father God, and we ask you just to, just to pour in who you are. May the words that I speak be no value for me, of me, Father, but all of you that's using me. So the words that I speak, Father God, may it be God-given. May it be straight from your heart, Father God. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we're able to receive in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people say Amen. All right, guys, so we've been talking about our journey. Last week, I got to talk to you about part one, about our journey, and we went into the scripture in the book of Luke chapter 24, and we talked about the after the resurrection. We were talking about after the resurrection, and how when Jesus, going to Jerusalem, having 40 days to convince people that, hey, I am the Christ, I am alive again. I am alive again, right? He decided to take a quick detour, and he uh, pursued these two disciples, where the Bible says they had hope with a D at the end, past tense, okay? They had hoped that Christ was, was the, the, the king that was gonna redeem Israel. And he was, he is, he is. But they, at the time, they didn't know it because they're were, they were focused on death. And this whole time, Jesus walks and encounters them, and he takes his journey with them, right? And so that's where we, we kind of left off last week, last week was the journey that we take, my journey, your journey, and when you look through the New Testament, you'll see the accounts of the disciples when it first started, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I mean, you see, you see the gospels, you see where Jesus was physically walking in this world. And when he was finding, or not finding, when he was pursuing his, the disciples that were gonna follow him, he literally said, hey, follow me, drop what you're doing and follow me. And there are times and moments that we all encounter that at the exact same time, where Jesus touches right where you're at and says, hey, drop what you're doing, follow me, follow me, okay? And at that moment, they had a decision to make. And the decision they did was they dropped everything they did, and they took that first step called their journey. And we have that decision to make as well. We have to take that first step that's called journey. Now, the other day I was talking to my brother-in-law, Miguel. Um, A lot of you guys know Miguel and Denise. uh, So they were at our house a week and a half ago. Do you remember the little wave of uh, weather we've been having? 50s, almost 60s, 20s in snow, right? 50s, 20s, do you guys remember that? So what we did as people was trying to seize those, it was actually weekends, those weekends to get outside and do something. So it was that first wave, all right? We got some beautiful, we're at the high point, okay? We have some beautiful weather right after the snow, right? And it was like 50 degrees outside and Miguel and Denise are, are telling us this story. They're saying, yeah, yeah, we took a total advantage of of that uh, of that weather. So we went to the dunes and we went through trails and we took a hike, is what they said, right? They took a hike. And as they're going through uh, the dunes, they were talking about how they entered into the, like a bushy area and they got like, it's a real narrow trail, but it was fun. They were outside. And then they started noticing that there was a couple of uh, forks within the trails. But at that fork, they met a couple, an older couple. And they said they got to chat and talk to them for a little bit. And this older couple, they said would walk this all the time. This, that was their trail. It was a tradition they did. They just knew every, the whole spot. So I said, okay, you know, they met. That was it. Well, they, they part ways. Well, Miguel and Denise, had a, had a, they faced a, a decision on which way I'm going to go. And they took the other way, one way, right? Well, they started realizing they were lost and they couldn't get out. This is a true story, okay? They, they were lost and they couldn't get out. At this point, it's already evening. Sun is setting. What happened at night during those times? It got really cold. Now, he had his whole family, and if you don't know who he is, he has a seven-year-old boy, and he has two twins who are three years old, and so they're cold now, and he didn't know what he was going to do. It's getting dark. Not quite dark yet, but it's getting dark, and so they just kept moving along, just trying to figure things out, and he said it started getting a little thick and just trying to find his way out, and he couldn't. All of a sudden, right before it was getting dark, the man he ran into uh, midway through his trails, the man he ran into found him and said, hey, I know the way, come follow me. And they took him out just in time to get him to their family. What had happened was that elder couple, they, when they got to the parking lot, uh, they realized that he didn't see the family there and figured he probably went the wrong way and decided to pursue him back to get him out so he can come home safely. It was getting cold out. That's a hike, okay? That's a hike. Now, when I look at that story, you see there, the difference between hikes and journeys. And see, and a lot of times... We go through life, actually, before Jesus, we go through life, we take hikes. Take a hike, right? No, we, we take these hikes in life, okay? And we think we, we know the way, we think we know what we're doing, but we don't. And before you know it, the path is kind of, uh, you know, crisscrossing, there's a couple of forks in the road, and we have to make these decisions. And then before you know it, we're in the thick of bushes and, and not sure where we're at, you know, and then it starts getting dark. And then you realize, I'm getting cold, and I don't know where I'm going. And I'm starting to feel alone. And I don't know what to do. So many times we encounter that. And, and we, don't, we don't know what to do. And, re, and this whole time Jesus Christ has been saying, hey, come follow me. I know the way. I know the way. I have such a testimony. and I guarantee you guys have that testimony where you know where Jesus had met you. And at that fork point where you had to make a decision, Jesus says, drop what you're doing. Stop thinking you're all that. And come follow me. Amen to that? And so when when I looked at my brother-in-law and he was telling me the story, I'm like, dude, man, that's awesome. And he was just telling me how how just in time, (laughs) does that sound familiar? Just in time, those people showed up. That man showed up hey, come follow me. It would be very, I want to use the right word, not smart. (laughs) It would be very, it would would be not smart if Miguel said, nah, I got it. (laughs) I know where I'm going. (laughs) I got this. I'm the head of my household, you know, but he didn't, he didn't, he humbled himself, and he realized, man, I'm lost, and I have my family with me, and so what he did, is like, all right, I'll drop what I'm doing, I'll I'll stop what I'm thinking, and I'll just start pursuing what, because this guy knows the way. Jesus does the same thing. When we're in these hikes in life, when we're taking these hikes, we might have veered off the journey that he has for us, All right. He he wants us to stop what we're doing, and he wants us to follow him. And I was studying this uh, uh, scripture uh, that I'm about to get into three weeks ago. And when I was studying this this scripture, I was going through different translations. I just wanted to see the journey that we had. That's how that that can really opened up. I just was reading one day, and and God took me in this journey in the scripture that I want to show you guys. He took me all the way. And so we're going to go to Luke chapter 10 if you have a paper Bible, I encourage you guys to open it up. Luke chapter 10, if you have an app, open that up too. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through th- 42. Now, before I get into that scripture, I'm going to draw a scenario of what's happening right here, okay? We have two sisters, okay, Martha and Mary. We have two sisters, okay? And Jesus is in the house, all right? He is in the house. Who's ever done the cleanup because someone's coming over? Like, it's right, me right here, all Right? Marty and I call it a speed clean. All right. We do. We really do. When like, if you guys would come over, speak clean, you know, and it's like everything's in the closet. <laughs> I'm just exposing all our secrets. <laughs> and not really. No, it's clean. My mom does an amazing job. But these, okay, we have two, we have two sisters. Okay. We have two sisters and Jesus is coming over. All right. Jesus is now in the house. Okay? And these two scenarios, one, Martha is, is, is getting ready to serve the Lord. The other one is getting ready to sit. And so this is what the scripture says. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted, and I want you guys to remember that for a second, okay? Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. When I think of that, I think of my children. Dad, tell Malay to help me. You know, It's it's because it's a childlike attitude. It really is. It's okay for my son to do that, but think about adults and these these adults. Lord, tell her to help me. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Everyone say, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Now, when we go back to the uh, worried part where it says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about anything. That's where I kind of camped out for a second. Okay, I stopped there for a second. I said, man, Lord, many times you've talked about worried. And sometimes I, me, Jesse, take that lightly. But if you're mentioning it so many times in your Bible, what are you saying? What What are you trying to say? because we tend to use that word worry very lightly. And I believe that the English translation has separated worry from its original root. And its original root, going through translation Bibles, the Bible had said, not worried, it said anxious. Anxious. Okay. And, and, And if we go a little bit deeper, that's more like an anxiety, something that you're distressed about. Now, I've been doing ministry for about seven years now, okay? And when I pray for somebody, I have never once prayed for a person that has said, man, I'm just worrying. Never once has anybody approached me and said, just pray because I worry. But they have come up to me and said, hey, I am dealing with anxiety. I am dealing with anxiety. So think about this for a second. Jesus says worried. Our translation in NIV says worried, but when you go to the Greek, the original translation, it uses the word anxiety. So... Perhaps maybe the English language has separated worry and anxiety without us even knowing it. And so we use the word worry so lightly, oh, just don't worry about it. Well, I'm just, man, I'm worried about my kids or whatever. I'm worried about this, okay? And I believe right now we take the word worried very lightly because when you're in a worry, you're eating the fruit of anxiety because anxiety is something that's rooted within us. But what produces out of that is worried upset. The word also says troubled. That's the fruit of what anxiety is. So what we need to do is understand that worried is something that God doesn't want us to be in. And sometimes we like to cut the fruit off and pluck it out or take the bad branches off, but anxiety is still there and it regenerates. It's what it does. And so when we have a knowledge now of if I'm worrying, there's something deeper because I cannot worry for a moment, but later on, I'm going to worry later on. Does that make sense? We have to understand that there is, a, there is a root called anxiety that's producing worry, trouble, and, and, and upset. And what we need to do is do what Mary does, okay? Again, the root word is anxiety. And, and again, Jesus uses the, the words worried, upset, troubled, and those are the fruits of anxiety. But the question I have for you guys is this. How many times do we put ourselves, and that's key word, we put ourselves in a worried stage, How many times we allow that word worry and us to worry, we take it so late. How how many times do we allow that to come into our lives? Don't answer it. I'm just, I want you guys to dwell on that. But when you look at the two scenarios of Mary and Martha, the similarity between the sisters is that Jesus is in their presence. That's what's similar at the moment. So now I'm talking to those that, that follow Jesus. I'm talking to the church that's saying Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm talking to everybody, actually. But, the, but in, this, in this case, you can see where Jesus is in the house. They both acknowledge Jesus. They both uh, are excited for Jesus to come. They just have two different mindsets. Similarity is Jesus is in their presence, but their mindsets are different. You look at Martha. Martha has a serving attitude. Okay, rightfully so. That's good. But serving attitude turns into busyness. I'm just busy, I'm busy. And what's producing out of that is worry, anxiety, or anxious, or upset is what the Bible says. Other translators say troubled. Fruits are popping out now, right? But she's doing everything she can. She's doing everything she can to serve the Lord. Then you look at Mary, where Mary literally is just sitting. And when she's sitting, she's resting because she's in the presence Of the Lord. And what she's doing while she's sitting and resting is she's refueling. We sit in the presence of the Lord. We wanna conquer this world. We wanna do things. I'm gonna be a great servant for the Lord. Rightfully so. And that is a great attitude. But Jesus is about to teach us right here. And He taught these two ladies how to prioritize. There's one thing that's higher than the other. Okay? Nothing wrong. Hear me out. Nothing wrong with having an attitude of serving. We're supposed to be. Jesus left us that example. But sometimes we get out of uh, prioritizing that and we put one thing over the other and we get so busy that we never sit down and we never rest and we never fuel up. And so Jesus is is teaching Martha on, on what her sister's doing. And he says, look, in other words, don't take this journey lightly that I have for you. Don't take it like, because you have been called. And Jesus talks to you guys as well. You have been called to this journey. You were in a hike at one point. You faced forks at another point. But at the point where you were lost, and it was cold, and it was dark, and it started feeling lonely, Jesus met you and said, follow me. Follow me. And that's where our journey, we get off the hike and that's where journey begins because he has called you. And in this journey, God, all God wants to do is he wants to train and he wants to teach you as you walk through this journey with him. Now, I have my kids uh, so many times I, I um, have my kids at the Meyer parking lot. Um, if you have little ones or if you had little ones or if you babysat little ones and you've gone to the store, you've probably faced this before. Okay, I have a couple of oh, I have Four kids, all right, and two of them I really hold their hands. And so when we go in the store, when we come out of the store, mainly when we come out of mire, okay, we're walking, I see the car way over there, boom, they book it. Boom, they book it, right? And so many times I've chased them and like I <clears throat> tackled them, I'm like, what are you doing? I won't tackle them, but I've stopped them, right? And it's to the point where on purpose, on purpose, I grip their hands. Right when, right when that door opens, automatic door opens, boop, locked down. You ain't going anywhere. My daughters ain't going. No, I'm just It's just locked down, though. I have my son and my daughters, right? And we start walking, and this is what they do. Dad, Dad, let me go. And my son says, Dad, I know where the car is. I can see it. And I said, Joshua, I know where the car is too, and I can see it. But guess what? I also see the danger around it. He doesn't see the danger, but I do. And so because of it, I'm going to make sure you follow me. How many times do we do that with our family? We walk this journey, okay? We go. We, we walk, and we're like, God, yeah, this way. <laughs> I want to go this way. I'm going to marry her, you know? God's like, (laughs) I hope I'm not speaking to somebody. (laughs) I am speaking to somebody. Here we go. But here's the thing. There are so many times in our journey that we we, we do this with God, and he's he's trying to avoid us from falling into danger. Because, yeah, we know where we need to go. We see where we need to go. But Jesus sees the the, the danger that's around. He says, look, my timing is right. And so you're going to walk this journey with me. I'm not going to let you get ahead of me. I'm not going to let you do what you want to do because if I let go, you're going to take a hike. And I don't want you to. I don't want you to. So what he does is he holds on to us because he's a good dad. He's a good dad. And that's why he holds on to us. And so, again, he doesn't want us to take this journey so lightly. But being busy, let's be honest, okay, being busy is hard to avoid. It really is hard to avoid. And many times we just take this hike because of how I feel, right? And a lot of times we, we go by how we feel. Jo- Jeremiah, my youngest, he's one years old. I got a lot of kid stories, cool. He just started crying. Well, he's not, uh, not crying, crawling. He just started crawling. So he's 10 months right now and he just started crawling. So he is venturing on. The gates are up, that's all I gotta say. We have stairs. I mean, the, da- the danger that a, a, a little baby could encounter, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, he could fall off the stairs or he could uh, uh, hit, hit his head on a table. So we do everything we can to prevent all that, right? And we gate up something so he doesn't enter in those things. But here's the thing, Jeremiah's attitude right now, right? I'm invincible, no one can see me. I'm untouchable, I'm unbreakable, right? And then, boop. <laughs> and then he cries. And I think a lot of times we do that. We, we, I did that. I still do that sometimes. I'm just being honest. And I just venture on. But <laughs> this is where Maddie and I have this debate. She wins all the time, by the way. But I'm like, let him fall. <laughs> let him feel the pain. You know? Let him know so he doesn't go back. Like, no, we're not going to do that, you know. And I guess that I mean, we can go back and forth on it. But here's the thing. I just want him to learn. I just want him to learn. That's it. You know, I would never allow him to uh, go beyond what he can't handle. Like the other day, I saw he was leaning on the desk at our home, and I saw him. He could have easily bumped his head. On the other end, there was a, a, a charger. With the, it was plugged in, and the thing was exposed. And what do babies do? In the mouth, right? So I started watching him, and he was literally in between both. And his hand was here, and he looked at that. I said, okay, I'm not going to stop him from that because he bumped his said he'll learn. But when he touches that thing, boom, I'm there because he cannot handle That's something dangerous. We are in those boats with our heavenly father because I wanted him to learn something. God wants us to learn something as well. So these things sometimes we face, we, you know, he's not letting go. He sees us the whole time, but he wants to make sure that we learn through our journey because his purpose is for us to grow, to teach. The Bible says that we pursue the perfection of Christ. Now, not perfect like the world says perfect, like you need to look like this and weigh like this and be this, no, 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 no. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the maturity Growing up in Jesus Christ—that's the goal that He's trying to. So we find completion in Christ, so that we are completed. And the moment you come to Christ, the moment you rest in Christ, you've been completed. Now we disqualify ourselves, but you have been completed. Now Martha's attitude—Martha's attitude was serving uh, was a serving attitude, and again, it was it rightfully so. But if you go back to the scripture, back in verse forty-two, it says that Mary. This is what Jesus says. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. I see determination in in Jesus' voice. You will not take that away from her. We need to have that same exact attitude. We need to have that determination. We need to understand that my time with the Lord will not be taken away with me no matter how busy I am. My time with the Lord needs to be in tune and intact. My time with the Lord, my time with the Lord, because let me tell you something, life is gonna pull you away from that. Work is gonna pull you away from that. Excuses is gonna pull you away from that. Tired is gonna pull you away from that. But Mary didn't care what was going on around. She didn't care if probably the house was a mess. Jesus is in the house. Ain't nothing more important than that. And I can come to Jesus real and exposed because if Jesus walked in my house, he knows all the dirty clothes is in the closet. He he just knows, like, it's there. But then he will rebuke me and say, why aren't you doing laundry? (laughs) I totally joke. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Reprioritizing, all right, is what Jesus was teaching Martha, teaching, not rebuking. He came correcting and teaching her. He didn't say, you're wrong, get out of here, none of that. He says, Martha, Martha, relax, do the same thing, chill, (laughs) all right? And that's what what he wanted us to do because here's the thing, Jesus is uh, is teaching Martha that Mary was resting and refueling and she needed to do the same thing. In other words, Jesus was saying to them and us, you are a son before you are a servant. There is a position I have placed you. Serving is awesome, but a sonship, daughterhood, I don't know. <laughs> you are a son and a daughter before you are a servant. And I need you to know that, Martha. I need you to know that, Bob and, and John and Lisa and Susie, like whoever's out here. You need to know that, that you are a son and a daughter before our Heavenly Father, before you are even a servant. He wants you to prioritize and, and sit and refuel. In his presence, Because when we do that, mindset says, okay, journey time, I got to do something, right? But when we sit before the Lord, and the way God sees this is when we sit, that is the first step of our journey. But our minds, we wrestle with comprehending the fact that, okay, how can I do this? How can I, how, if I'm just sitting, I'm not doing anything. See, that's, that's us reasoning. But when we sit before the Lord and encounter his presence, we are actually moving. We are actually doing things. The real us is growing. The spirit within us is, is there and in tune with our heavenly father. Priority. Priority. And you see that in the, the, the story of the prodigal son. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a very long passage. But I encourage you guys, go to Luke. Read the prodigal son, okay? Uh, again, if you read it once, read it again. Because the prodigal son took his inheritances from dad and left and went, to, and went on a hike. Lost everything. I'm bringing it down. Uh, Very short, but lost everything. Realized, man, I am lost. I am hungry. I am stuck. What do I do? What do I do? Ah, my dad has servants. Maybe I'll work for my dad and become one of his servants. Totally lost the sonship of, of who he was. Forgot who his identity was. Went back. And the Bible says that the dad, the dad looked from far away and ran towards him. All right? He ran towards him. And the Bible says he threw His arms around him kissed him, put a ring on on it, put a robe around him, and said, slaughter the fat calf. We're having a party because my son has returned. My son has returned. And I'm pretty sure the son was like, huh? I just wanted to work for you, Dad. I'll be your servant. He's like, you're not going to be my servant. You are my son. And I brought you back here. And I want to throw this party I want I want I want to celebrate cuz you have returned. When you have the attitude of just coming back. And say, you know what, man, I am lost. Turn around. Watch who's going to throw their hands around you, kiss you, put a ring, put a robe. Watch. Watch In Matthew 6, 28, I wanna show you this now. Matthew 6:28. therefore I tell you, this is in the Beatitudes, Jesus is talking, to, uh, this is a sermon on the mountain, he's talking to people here. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? For a very long time, I thanked God for the clothes I had on my back the food in my stomach, the roof over, who's, who's done that? I mean, we're just grateful for what we have. But he says, isn't life more valuable than that? Check this out. We can, we can simply provide this for ourselves, okay? We can simply provide these clothes on our own. One way or another, we'll have a shirt. Not hard for me to believe for, you know? Maybe in some cases it's harder, but the shirt will come. And the shirt's there, the food is in our stomach. We're living another day. So for the longest time, I would always look at the scripture from an earthly mindset, saying, God, thank you so much for, for the food and the clothes. And yeah, life, life, life is more important. But in, in reality, you know, a day later, I'm like, man, I want that shirt so bad. I want it so bad. Like, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't prioritizing. You know, I, was, I wanted to do it under my own power. But Jesus, I believe, went a, a step further than that. And he says this. I'm not talking about the earthly clothes. This is what he's saying. Luke 24, 30 through 31, and this is after the journey they took with the two disciples. They're sitting at the table. They're eating. And Jesus says to the two disciples, when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread. Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it. He began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and He vanished. In other words, what what happened is the bread of life, Jesus Christ, broke and gave the bread of life. And he fed them. Something that no food on earth can feed. No food on earth can feed. He's saying, not naturally, but in the supernatural, eternally, I can feed you. Don't worry about anything. I can feed you this bread of life. And, And then going a few verses later, in Luke 24, 49, it says, and behold... I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. This is Jesus talking. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed. Everyone say, clothed with power from on high. So if we went back to the Beatitudes, okay? to that scripture in Matthew 6, 25. I'm gonna reread it one more time so we can have a different mindset. We can have a Mary mindset and not a Martha mindset, okay? If we reread it, it says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. What you will eat or drink, because I have the bread of life. I have the everlasting water. That's what he's telling you to eat and drink. I will provide that for you. The second, the second part he says, what you will wear it's not, it's not more than food and the body more, uh, more than clothes, what you will wear. He's not talking about the button-up shirt, the college shirt, the t-shirt, the jeans. He's not talking about any of that. He's talking about the robe of righteousness. He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the... And he put, when he went to the prodigal son and he put the ring on, him that represented authority. He clothed you. He clothed you. He clothed you and you. He fed you and fed you and fed you by doing this. Dying on the cross. It is my body that I give. It is my blood that I shed. Now, the fork in the road. Will you take a hike? Or will you eat and allow him to clothe you and take this journey?